1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Walkie Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. And bringing you today's episode is Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com. When entering Locked, on at checkout again $300 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering locked on at checkout Frank my friend today was media day which means a new NBA season has officially started how are you doing
0: uh I'm good um I kind of caught bits and pieces of media today uh during the day uh following along on Twitter and obviously lots of videos the books I always post. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I got my, I feel like my sampler platter of, you know, pl- my sampler platter of platitudes, uh, I guess, as it were, <laughs> as, as media days tend to go. Um, I feel like Twitter and, and the fact that we're instantly, that we instantly become aware of anything either insightful or in media day cases, like annoying and cliche, like everything we hear from all the media days across the the country, we like immediately get them thrown in our face. And so I feel like media day, like writ large for the NBA is more aggravating because I just like, I'm like, why do, why? I'm, I'm just like annoyed that I'm seeing people react to Ben Simmons saying that when he's open, he's going to shoot threes this year. It's like, I know that's not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, muscle watch, all that usual stuff. So on the one hand, I just feel like, it's more, uh, I don't know, it's almost like the annoying September optimism and, and you know, September color glasses um, is, is kind of like worse now because we have to kind of watch it. Like, did you see some of the Laker media tweets about like, oh, LeBron and AD's team just dominated <laughs> so thoroughly <laughs> against, you know, I did. whoever was left after they put AD and LeBron on a team that like, oh, they decided it's like. It just but calm down. Okay. Like, just calm down. Like, like literally they have nobody else to play against those guys. So, you know, yes, that, that, that's, that's what should happen. So anyway, I don't know. I got the impression you were there. I'm going to let you kind of lead our, our discussion through bucks media day. Um, but I, um, I, I don't know. It, it, seemed like a pretty, you know, understated, uh, kind of affair, like nothing crazy. Uh, neither you nor anyone else had to inform Greg Monroe that he was not starting or, you know, whatever, whatever some of the greatest hits of uh, media day past have been. Um, this one seemed, you know, pretty vanilla. Um, and, uh, I don't know, but what, what was your take? I mean, you, you've gone to a bunch of these now. Um, this is number two of the, the bud era. Number one of the bucks are really good era. Um, or at least, you know, everyone knows the bucks are really good era. Uh, I don't know. How would you come, I guess this macro kind of perspective, how would you compare what you experienced today compared to uh, previous years?
1: So it's funny that you mentioned like how vanilla it is. Cause that was like one of my takeaways and I, I threw something up at, at the athletic about media day. And it was just like, you know, you get bud and you get Giannis and it's kind of eerie how, how well, he, I don't want Giannis is his own man, so I don't want to say Giannis has been taught, but he just kind of follows Bud's lead that, you know, we're going to improve every day. We're going to come in and we're going to do what we can to play at the highest level, and we're just going to compete in practice, and we're going to compete in games, and all of that is going to lead to us, you know, really just just good getting after it. And and it's just like, okay, like I, I know. Like, I, I don't really need to hear that anymore, but that is literally the message day in and day out. And, you know, so many times during last year, it, it was, it was just boring at times, right? Like they won a bunch of games and then as they were preparing for the postseason, they were still winning games and they were focused on the same things. And it just kind of keeps going like that. And yeah, like there there's no there's no drama. There's no uh Jason Kidd stirring stuff up, there's no uh Michael Beasley saying wild stuff, uh there's no Jabari Parker having delusions of grandeur, like there's like none of those things. It's just a bunch of and and then when you add in like Kyle Corver and George Hill and Wesley Matthews like and Robin Lopez, it's more just professionals that know how to do all of this and know how to answer questions and know how to think through all of these things in a very professional way. So it ends up just being a a pretty bland and vanilla day, which obviously like Mike Booneholzer would be very happy about. Like that's, that's what you want. You don't want media day to become a circus. You don't want to have stories come out of all these other things. So, uh, yeah, I, I think by and large Budenholzer media days, uh, Certainly, while this team are, is good, are, are going to probably remain pretty bland and pretty vanilla. But uh, I am at a spot where I'm impressed with how thoroughly Giannis has been indoctrinated by by Mike Boonholzer and how well he knows all the talking points and how to get through all of it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think we talked a year ago how you know the Bucks. I don't know. If, I don't know if quietly is the right uh, term to use, but the Bucks had a. Ton of free agents going into last summer. Obviously, they they get Eric Bledsoe on the extension uh, prior to the playoffs starting, so that that kind of uh, you know deescalated a little bit of the work that they had cut out for themselves going into July. But um, for as many free agents as they had, there really wasn't a lot of chatter during the season. I mean, you had four starters who were going to be free agents, everybody but Giannis. And you know, I think I know we talked a fair bit during the season how. Eh, it never really kind of became a big deal. You know, I mean, we're we're so used to superstars and uh, I'm really superstars because really that's where the media focus is. But we're so used to that being such a focal point and just like never ending kind of, um, you know, cycle of, of uh, article and article begets podcast and discussion and whatever. And then it tamps down and then it just like restarts every like few weeks, it seems. Um, and so it was interesting because a year ago, despite all those free agents and what could have been a summer of a lot of turnover ended up really being, you know, just Malcolm Brogdon leaving and being replaced by sort of cheaper pieces. Um, but this year it's kind of the opposite, right? Last year it was everyone but Giannis this year. It's well, Giannis still has two years left on his contract. So on the one hand you can say, well, Giannis is not close to being a free agent, but with the supermax eligibility coming next summer, um, you know, there's obviously we. I mean, we knew there was going to be a, a desire to have folks ask about it, and we know that regardless of whatever Giannis says, um, it's going to be just kind of spooled up and and discussed. Um, I think we've had. I know, I know, um, I know there was a, an ESPN piece today or yesterday um, that uh, that came out uh, just pretty much just kind of recycling like what the options are next summer. Um, although interestingly not talking about the idea of Giannis not signing a super, not signing some form of super max extension, but not being traded. Um, which is interesting. Cause I know we've talked about that. Like if he just says he wants to wait, um, I think there, I think you would agree. There is very much a possibility that he could just become a free agent actually. And you know, the bucks have to kind of roll the dice, but, um, the headline today was pretty much him saying eh, he's not really going to talk about it, and um, I don't know. I, I I got kind of a seemed like a mixed bag of reactions. You know, I think understandably, any Buck fan, um, you know, on some level would rather hear Giannis say, "I'm staying here forever. I'm never leaving." You know, whatever, right? But I think Giannis is smart enough to know that um, at this point, you know, it's not. He's under no obligation to do that, and it just kind of as much as that might kind of quiet you know espn's talking heads or whatever um i think it's also to his advantage to make it clear like i mean he obviously expects the bucks to continue to do the things to build a championship team and you know in the past he sort of has started to imply that like hey as long as you know the team is doing the right things to put him in a position to win then he's happy um but today he just sort of kind of said, you know, I'm not going to, not going to deal with it. And kind of, I don't know, it just seemed like he kind of wanted to kind of get it over with and just said, I'm not going to make it a topic during the, the season. So I don't know anything that you found surprising about that or, um, and I guess, secondly, I mean, do you expect that he's actually going to be able to do that? Uh, or do you think it's going to be, you know, especially on road trips, is it going to be the thing that he's going to have to say the same thing over and over and over again? Because somebody's going to ask him.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, Matt Velasquez and I were talking about it. It's like, all right, well, we're going to ask about it today because that's what we need to do and uh Matt ended up being the one to ask about it and like I just thought it was funny that so I'll read the exact quote from from Giannis but he is like I feel like you have a great team and our goal is to win a championship and be the last team standing and get better each day I think it's disrespectful to my teammates talking about my free agency and what I'm going to do when the time is right, we're all going to talk about it. I don't think the time is right right now. Obviously our focus is to get better each day and go out there and compete as hard as we can each day. I'm not going to talk about it a lot this season and I'm not going to try to address it. And like, I, I think it's, it's nice that Giannis is saying that it's, it's great. Um, but also it doesn't really matter. Like, the the NBA world is going to talk about what they want to talk about. They're going to go out here and say what they want to say because that's just kind of how this works. And uh, like it's it's not exciting to think about to think about Giannis coming back, right? Like it's not. There's nothing exciting about ten years of Giannis in in Milwaukee. Uh, to, that that's not something that people want to talk about. So they have to talk about other things and they have to talk about, you know, the possibility of him going. And then like you said, recycling other things about, Oh, well all these other superstars said that they were saying staying and then, then they left. So the same thing could happen, which, which is a hundred percent right. But the, the thing that you mentioned, Zach Lowe talked about on a podcast, I believe with Howard Beck, uh, the full 48, Zach was on it last week, and he said, you know, people keep talking about what Giannis is going to do and, uh, you know, Supermax, not Supermax, and then if he doesn't want to sign the Supermax, the, the Bucks possibly needing to trade him like these, like the other players. And Zach was just like, you know, if that were to happen, he was like, it's, it's very possible that they just go the Kawhi route, where mm-hmm. it's just like, screw it. Like, you, you don't want to sign it? well, we're not going to trade you. We have a championship team. We have we have a team that can contend for the NBA Finals. So we'll take our chances. We'll try to do everything we can in this final year. We'll try to win an NBA Finals. And then, I mean, if this were to play out, this hypothetical, because everyone wants to play the other hypotheticals, if we play this hypothetical, if the Bucs would go Eastern Conference Finals and then I don't know finals this year or Eastern conference finals, or even if they get eliminated in the second round and Giannis doesn't want to sign the supermax, and then they win the finals that next year. I mean, that's a pretty strong, uh, that's a pretty strong kind of resume to, to present to Giannis and his people that, Hey, you know, we went to the Eastern conference finals. We, we came up a little bit short the, the next year and then we won the finals. So maybe you want to stay here and you've already gotten your shoe deal and you've already, uh, been able, you're able to sign the biggest contract in NBA history. So, why don't you just stay here? Like, I think that's how the Bucks would play that string out. I don't think they would would really look to trade them. They would just say, you know what, man, like that's fine. If if you don't want to sign it, we'll we'll go the quiet route. So, um, I would agree. I thought that was interesting that that was not. Uh, one of the possibilities that was played out in Giannis signing or not signing the Supermax, uh, as it was, I think, presented by Tim Bontemps at
0: ESPN. I think that was who did it. Yeah, it was Tim Bontemps. I, I, I was like, wait, who wrote that? Tim Bontemps did write it. And I think it's probably just the Anthony Davis effect, where people are sort of just overlaying like the Anthony Davis situation, where obviously it's not just that he didn't want to sign a Supermax. I mean, it was he told them you know, essentially uh, the equivalent of what if Giannis told the Bucks, you know, next spring, right, or next time ahead of the All Star break, like I, I, I don't want to be in Milwaukee anymore. You know, like I, I want to go someplace else. Um, that would be the equivalent. And I think, obviously, as much as we always like to remind people that things can change quickly and anything can happen, I don't. Any of us expect that to be specifically uh, in play with Giannis. So I, I agree. I mean, I think there's a version of Giannis not signing. Um, you know, a, a super max extension, then it's probably, uh, you know, a situation where maybe he's just, you know, wants to kind of see things play out. And, you know, the other thing too, is, I mean, it's not like it's a five-year super max or nothing, right? Like you can sign different versions and shorter deals and things like that. So, you know, I mean, it's, it could be very, you know, a good compromise for him if he signs something shorter as well, right? Just to, um, you know, potentially get him to the uh you know the kind of 10-year mark where he's eligible for, um actually no it wouldn't even matter because he's he's going to be eligible for 35 super max so it doesn't really matter if he gets to the the 10-year mark or if he takes him past that so much i mean the only real difference is if you get out earlier then you're kind of betting that the cap will have risen more than what your like raises were going to allow you to which again is kind of getting into more like kind of cap minutiae type stuff so um so yeah, it's. I think it's again like we know the story is not going to go away, right? Um, if the Bucks lose their first three games of the season, then ESPN, the jump, it's going to be the Bucks are struggling and oh, Giannis can't be happy with where the Bucks are and is he, you know, blah blah. blah. So I think again, if, if they win Bucks the first fans,
1: three games, that still might
0: be the topic because it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what it, happens.
1: And I did. A, I did a radio hit with Doug Russell over on Six Twenty WTMJ tonight, and you know he was talking about like, oh well, Giannis says he doesn't want to talk about it. Are people still going to talk about it? And it's like, well, you either talk about that or you go. You get into the same spot where you were last year, where it's like, oh, let's talk about the Bucks. They're winning a lot. Giannis is really good. They seem to have put a system around him. Ah, uh, that's about it. You know what I mean? Like the, if the bucks are good, they're boring. And if the bucks are good and boring, that means Giannis is at least in to some extent boring. Like the highlights will never be boring and the stats will never be boring, but to, as a narrative, he he can be awfully boring. So if you want to find a way to talk about one of the best players in the league, talk about that other thing. Talk about the hypotheticals that could possibly happen. Like I, I don't think it really matters how the Bucks do this year. I shouldn't say it doesn't matter how the Bucks do this year. It won't matter if the Bucks are good this year. Like, it's not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, and again, I mean, I think uh, in the grand scheme of the universe, if if the biggest drama about the Bucks is people trying to, you know, read tea leaves or just repeat the, well, what is Giannis going to do? Or Giannis is next on deck. I mean, if that's the biggest drama, which I think is preordained, then that means that other stuff is not providing drama. And so it's probably a good, a very good sign. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm totally fine with, with Giannis's answer today. Again, as we've talked about, there is always a chance that, you know, Giannis is maybe not a buck long-term, but again, like when you just sort of look as, at kind of where the bucks are and where Giannis is and kind of where his head's at, um, you know, I, I, I think you, whatever it, it I, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Again, the Bucks are not what we hope they would be. Uh, if Malcolm Brogdon looks amazing, then that's going to be the, I think, the obvious thing that you're going to question, right? In terms of um, the construction of this team specifically, right? I think that's that's going to be the the um, inflection point. You know, if they don't succeed, that that will be revisited, revisited and relitigated, and I think justifiably so. But um, again, you know, like we were saying about a lot of these guys, I mean, until until you get to the playoffs, it's You know, I, I, would be surprised if the bucks were not, you know, good enough that we uh, started panicking significantly before the playoffs or tried to make some sort of, you know, judgment on them before the playoffs. Cause again, we, I think we've seen that they're talented enough to win a championship and now it's just a matter of like, okay, well take care of business in the regular season and then really, really show us in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Um, I I think overall not, not worried about it. And uh, again, I I understand he could have came out today and been like, all right, I'm signing the super max and I'm never leaving Milwaukee. Like he could have done that. But I think we all know enough at this mm-hmm. point that just not the right move. Like, that's not how you, that's not how you do this as, as a superstar, whether or not you do end up staying there, it, it's not going to be any sweeter for the fans or anyone else. If on that day they can replay those clips, like they're, he's still signing, right? Like that's, that's the big deal. It's not the lead up to all of that. So uh, just as as a human, it doesn't make any sense to, to go out and make those provocative statements about, Oh, I'm never leaving or anything like that. Like it it just doesn't add up anymore for superstars. So um, nothing to worry about there. Also, Nothing to worry about with your wardrobe if you check out Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure men's wear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering promo code Locked On at checkout. One more thing with Giannis. So I presented this question to him, and, I mean, I think it's, it's something that also involves some of the other Bucs players. Um, obviously the Bucs had five guys in the world cup this year, uh, with Giannis and Thanasis, uh, with Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and with their son, uh, with Greece, the United States and Turkey respectively. And with all of those guys, they started their prep for the season a little bit earlier. They had to get in shape earlier. They, uh, outside of the all played into the end of May. I don't think we quite got to June, right? Like we didn't cover any games. No, I don't think so. No. I, think, I think it was the end of May. So they, they had a shorter summer. Like that was, that was kind of how all of this went. So this for Giannis in particular, this was the shortest off season of his career. And, We've talked in the past about how he can't really keep himself from working out, how he pushed his knee too far, um, and had some lingering effects of that during the Jason Kidd era. Uh, And then on top of that, he had the first signature uh, shoe release with Nike. It ended up being incredibly successful. But if you follow Giannis on any social media, if you follow the Bucks on social media, you will know that. Well, they the 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 Dede were everywhere. Giannis was all over the place, Uh, and he's never he's never done that before. So, to me, I thought that was an interesting thing. And when I asked Giannis about it, he said it was a really short off season, but I was able to get into the gym and do my job. Obviously, I was tired physically and mentally because we had a long season also, and then. Right away, I had a lot of things to do with Nike, with my family, with the national team also, but I'm excited. I'm excited for the season. I'm excited to play with my teammates, my new teammates, excited to get out there and compete hard for Milwaukee and for the fans. And I, I I think that has to be at least somewhat worrisome to fans that you hear Giannis was tired physically and mentally at the end of the season, which I don't think would come as a surprise to anyone uh, with as hard as he goes and with the physical toll that Obviously, he has to take night in, night out. And then, you know, you hear about how much he was doing with Nike and everything they did with the national team. Like, I don't think it should come as a surprise, but it's still worrisome, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, it's like we're so used to kind of just media day being just an unadulterated love fest and just, like, optimism about everything, right? Like, nobody says, like, oh, yep. I took it easy and I'm out of shape and God, I really hope I can get into shape. Right. uh, Eventually Chris Middleton usually admits that uh, this year may be different uh, because he actually was playing basketball for Um, (laughs) the us. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is media day is normally such a just optimistically slanted um, day that, that anything that kind of, I guess highlights legitimate questions. I think often is like, Oh, what? Come on, this is a this is a family show. We're not we the rainbows. We're not, we're not yeah, supposed yeah. to talk about you know uh, anything anything that that might actually speak to legitimate concerns. So so yeah, I mean, again, you know, I mean, this comes with the territory. You know, if you're going to be a superstar that wins championships, you're you're going to have short summers, right? I mean, that's that's just kind of the way it is. Um, and you know, the thing I always struggle with is as fans, um, you know, we talk about playing for, you know, a national team and doing kind of stuff like that. Um, I, the thing I've never understood is like, I, you know, again, like it's not like guys are just sitting at home or sitting on the beach if they're not doing that in like August, September. I mean, you know, a guy like Giannis is going to do workouts and, you know, work on his body and do things regardless. So I mean, we visibly can see them play, so there's like more a more tangible concern over injury, right? <laughs> Which you know, guys have got yeah. hurt so playing real games, and that's always a concern. Um, but you know, Bucks players made it through uh, you know the, the FIBA World Cup without any any real injuries. So um, does you know Giannis playing basketball on TV with Greece? Is that worse for his you know? Endurance is for, or like wearing him out versus if he was, you know, doing some, um, you know, workouts in Milwaukee with the training staff. I mean, it's probably not better, but, um, but again, like, you know, it's not like he was playing 40 minutes a night either for, for Greece, <laughs> which is the bad news for Greece, but, you know, maybe yeah. good news for the Bucks in the long term. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, again, and, you know, these guys have obligations, right? I mean, I don't know how, how tiring is it to, do like a media tour for like a shoe. I I don't know. Right. I mean, probably fun in a lot of ways, but it's kind of probably draining in in different ways. So um, who knows, right. We can, you know, guys do this every year. You know, LeBron went to whatever, eight straight finals and kept coming back for more. And you never looked at LeBron and said he was tired. Uh, And so I think for, for Giannis, you know, we, we, talked about his minutes load. If you just, in terms of total minutes was pretty much flat last year compared to previous years, just because he played so much, so many fewer minutes in the regular season, uh, even with all the additional playoff minutes. So it's not like raw minute load is suddenly spiked last year, but obviously the pacing was different because he played a lot longer into, uh, into the end of may versus, you know, every, every other year uh, just one series now. So I I don't know. I I, will, we'll have to see kind of if there really is an impact. Hopefully it's something we just don't really talk about anymore and, you know, it becomes a new normal because I mean, certainly, if you're again, you want to be uh, a superstar who you know is in that conversation, is the best player in the league. You're you're going to have to play late, late into the spring and early summer every year.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to watch for him. And um, I think Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, uh, with Lopez, I think there's just always the the concern with a, a seven footer that's just big to have more minutes, be on their feet longer, all of those things, which whether or not that's fair or not, like it's, I think it's just something that you think of uh, with big dudes, and uh, that'll be interesting to watch with Brooke Lopez, and um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see if those those three guys in in particular uh, end up getting like a week somewhere in the season where just like, all right, Chris is is going to get shut down for a little bit or Brooke isn't get shut down for a little bit or can get shut down for a little bit. Like I, I am curious if that happens, but also maybe it won't like if the bucks have enough blowouts like they did last year, maybe it's, it's more manageable for those guys. So I, I think we'll have to, we'll have to take a look and see there. Um, I guess other things that I was thinking about, th- those were mostly the Yana subjects. I, I think the rest of, I, rest, I think the rest of the things about this team aren't uninteresting, but obviously if it's not Giannis, it's not quite as interesting. I think one thing I was not surprised by, but still found interesting was throughout the day, the the talk of how important continuity is and, you know, how big of a deal it is. And like the Bucks, I think we're fourth in John Schumann at emmy.com's uh, continuity rankings. I think they bring back like 77% of, the the minutes that they played that were played last year across 11 returning players or something like that um so they do bring a lot of their team back but I also couldn't help but thinking like you did but also Malcolm Brogdon was a starter last year and you replaced him with veterans who I'm sure they're they're very happy to have Wes Matthews to have Kyle Corver. like that is that's something that they're very happy about but uh, it's tough for me to go with total, the, the the total continuity play when I think someone who was, uh, I've mentioned many times Malcolm Brogdon was their third most frequent driver uh, in an offense that's based on being able to beat people off the dribble and get to the rack. Um, to only have two guys that do that really consistently in Giannis and Eric Bledsoe, that makes it more difficult, right? Like a five-out offense be based on being able to beat people off the dribble, get to the rack, only having two guys that can really do it, and both of them having questionable jump shots that allowed teams to sag off of them. um, That's somewhat problematic. Um, So I guess what what do you, obviously any team in this situation is going to play the continuity card, but uh, what do you think of said continuity card being played?
0: I mean, this is why the Bucks are, you know, the team that I I think most people would, kind of probably default to in the east um as as the favorites there this is why um you know even if they're not the favorites to win the championship right now per vegas um why they are right there with uh the clippers and lakers right i mean the clippers and lakers each have two top 10 type talents on the roster the bucks obviously only have one but um we've seen what that roster can do right we've seen that with the exception of Malcolm Brogdon, who's obviously is important. And, you know, again, you just kind of hope that he's not as important as maybe we are concerned. He was, Uh, but we'll see. Um, But you hope that obviously, regardless of that, uh, the balance of, of shooting and, you know, uh, driving is, is enough. And, uh, you know, again, I I think um, certainly defensively, um, you know, this was a, a team that obviously was number one in defense last year top three in offense, um, you know, again, uh, losing Brogdon, I think it could hurt you on both ends. Um, it really depends on kind of how you kind of sub sub out for him. Again, I think, you know, we would both say he's more replaceable, certainly defensively and offensively. And so it'll be just interesting to see what they do there. But, you know, again, certainly all the tools are there um, to to have the best defense in the league. All the, I think, shooting is there to have a terrific offense. Um, and I think it's just, you know, more a matter of kind of how they you know, reconfigure the offense a little bit. Um, and, you know, certainly Bledsoe, obviously, a interesting piece given, um, you know, just what we saw in the playoffs last year versus how good he was in the regular season. Uh, you obviously hope that George Hill, starting with a training camp with the Bucks for a change, obviously really didn't shoot well at all uh, last year uh, and, and really didn't play well until, I'd say, Brogdon got hurt, right? I mean, that was kind of the... Yeah. One of the interesting things about last season was... Um, you know, we really only saw Brogdon and George Hill good together in the Raptors series. It felt like, <laughs> you know, it felt like, like, yeah. and I'm, I'm maybe I'm kind of uh, you know simplifying a little bit, but Hill couldn't shoot and and kind of looked like passive George Hill for long stretches um, of of when you know he kind of first came over. And again, I I think he generally had a very good effect on the Bucks. Um, but it wasn't because he was looking like the kind of, you know, driving and shooting threes and scoring George Hill. It was more the kind of steady yep. George Hill. Um, and so then Brogdon got hurt and, you know, and we talked about it like, OK, time for George Hill to step up and um, big credit to him because he did. He had some really good performances late in the year when, again, people weren't maybe paying as much attention because Bucks are kind of in cruise control. but. Um, you know, he started really building that positive momentum that carried him into the playoffs. I'd say in the last weeks of the regular season, and uh, obviously had some just you know huge games, especially against Boston, um, and then also had some good performances against Toronto. And you know, easy to easy to forget that that Brogdon you know doesn't come back really until the Raptors series, right? Kind of just made that cameo yeah. at the end of the the Celtics series. So um, so it, it's interesting to see. I mean, there, so much has changed, but it's like you know we never really talk about Miritich because he really didn't do much for the (laughs) the bucks. Like, you know, it's like on paper, the bucks with Miritich, certainly like, well, you, you really like that, but you know, he wasn't good in the playoffs last year and kind of barely sort of played in the regular season. So, um, so yeah, it's an interesting dynamic with this team, but um, obviously with, you know, Matthews, uh, Corver being kind of the obvious additions, but you obviously hope that uh, Dante DiVincenzo, who, talk about here maybe in a second that he can stay healthy and hopefully hit some threes (laughs) and do the other stuff and and kind of build on what we saw from a positive perspective last year and then i think sterling brown is the other really interesting piece as far as that wing rotation and and, you know who kind of papers over the absence of brogdon because sterling had i'd say long stretches last year where we saw really encouraging signs from him as far as you know middle of the season really finding his role in that rotation and you know shooting well especially from the corners and late in the season, I think showing more of the ball skills that, you know, would, would change his upside as an NBA player. I think if he is able to do more with the ball and we saw a little bit more of that kind of later in the season. Um, but again, guy who kind of lost, lost out on the playoffs, playoff rotations by the second round. And, um, you know, was a guy that really wasn't a factor at all in, in, the in the loss of Toronto. So, um, a lot of moving pieces. And again, I think, challenges to figure out like, you know, can any one of these guys really make a big leap in, uh, in, you know, maybe replacing Brogdon. Cause again, I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if all these guys sort of get shots and do kind of things here and there, but, you know, ultimately the playoffs are about having the top end kind of consistent night to night production from guys. And, you know, having just sort of like, well, maybe tonight Pat Connaughton plays well, or maybe tonight, you know, Kyle Korver will hit some threes. That's really not the the way you kind of win at the very highest level. Um, and uh, you know, we'll see if the Bucks can maybe establish establish who that rotation is kind of you know hopefully by by the end of the regular season because it's really not the kind of thing that you want to go into the playoffs thinking, well, we could play twelve guys tonight, right? That's that's generally not how you win the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that kind of idea is what I wanted to talk about next, and. I guess I'll just flow right into it. So uh, Dante DiVincenzo mentioned that he's a full go. He's ready to go. Um, so there is at least the chance that secret Dante is no more. Um, we, we we don't know that for sure, um, but he's a full go. And I guess one thing, and I asked a bunch of guys this question, but I I think it's really interesting how this Bucks team tries to figure out what their closing rotation is, how they are going to play in the playoffs, how deep they're going to go in the playoffs, who's going to be a part of that in the playoffs. Because, you know, as you as you sort of look through all of this, um, you know, you see Corver, Robin Lopez, and Wesley Matthews all signed uh, during the offseason. All veterans, all guys that, you know, I think, you'd expect to play right like you I think you expect Wesley Matthews Jr. probably to start I think you expect to see Kyle Korver some minutes you expect Robin Lopez gets minutes then you have Sterling Brown who you already mentioned you have Pat Connerton who we've already mentioned Dante DiVincenzo and then DJ Wilson and it's I, I don't necessarily see them becoming like warring factions or anything, uh, where, where they just like, don't get along. But I mean, I think it's easy to see a possible, a possible conflict where Bud has to figure out like, okay, how do I keep these veterans happy? And how do I, uh, help let them help us can help contribute to us winning basketball games. And then how do I get these guys developmental minutes? And, you know, how does this all work out? And I mean, like, I just think there's there's probably something there And George Hill, to his credit, had a great response today uh, where he said, you don't worry about the minute situation. You don't worry about any of that. We all should have one common goal, and that should be to win the game. No matter if you're playing 30 minutes, 10 minutes or 30 seconds, you give the best effort in that short amount of time or that long period of time. I think if we go into training camp with that one goal in mind to just be the best that we can every day to compete at a high level in practice and game situations off the court individually when you're working on your own, I think we'll be fine. Playing will take care of itself. And I mean, I think that's incredibly mature. And I think there's at least some evidence to suggest that Bud is a guy that will end up using guys throughout the year, whether that's because someone falls out of the rotation, whether that's because of injuries, whether that's because someone isn't playing quite as well. No matter what it may be, like I think you can see that from Bud, but how the Bucks get there is, is I, I think, really interesting this season. Like how how do you find that balance? How do you figure how do you figure it out?
0: Yeah, I mean, trial and error. I think we saw last year there was just ebbs and flows uh, throughout the season, and. and you know, like when that's what happens when you have just a roster full of guys who are worth seeing if they can play in the NBA and at they, you know, at an NBA level. And I think with this team, Dragan Bender and Thanasis are the two guys who you'd say, yeah, those guys, you know, we don't don't really need to see what they can do on, on a nightly basis. Or, you know, if we go the whole season and, and never really see what those guys can do, that's probably just fine. Right. Um, I mean, of course. I'm curious if, if Dragon Bender can, can be salvaged from, you know, an NBA developmental perspective given just his age and, and kind of the pedigree he has and the fact that he obviously, his skill set should match pretty well to, to what, you know, the Bucks and kind of the NBA and kind of where, where things are headed. But uh, look, there's a lot of guys, you know, in the, in the pecking order ahead of him. So it kind of is what it is. But I don't know, any other things that kind of stuck out to you as far as, um, you know, uh, either... we haven't really talked about uh, not that Chris Middleton is like the sexiest quote guy at media day anyway but (laughs) anything Eric Bledsoe uh just had his third child congratulations to Eric so he was not in attendance but I guess anything else congratulations to
1: Morgan Morgan is the one that
0: had the child yes she. yeah Eric just is the dude so he just kind (laughs) of went around um but uh anything else kind of jumped out I mean either Lopez brothers hijinks or kind of like random younger guys who, you know, were there and said anything. I don't know if you have any uh, Luke May thoughts. Uh, Luke May being the, uh, Luke May looks like a blogger that basically they gave a jersey to. Um, I mean, I think he's 6'8", so he's a lot taller than an average blogger. But um, I saw some of the pictures. It was kind of funny seeing like, you know, Ray John Tucker and Luke May and some of the like camp invite type guys. um, Because it's like, wait a minute, who's that? what number wait there's a guy with that number and then oh yeah that okay that's who that is um but uh but yeah i don't i don't know if there are any other amusing moments for you from from media day i don't i don't know if those guys even were allowed to speak to the media or or kind of where they were uh, if they were just very lonely um but anything else that kind of jumped out at you
1: uh they did not play or, or they, they did not get a chance to chat with the media so um we did not see any of like the the very end of the roster guys
0: um
1: so we didn't really have any of of that. Um, so the guys that we got to talk to, I'm just going to go literally down the roster. Um, Giannis Thanasis, uh, Dragon Bender, Sterling Brown, Pat Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo, George Hill, person Silva, Kyle Corver, Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez, uh, Wesley Matthews, Chris Middleton, DJ Wilson. So most of the roster, but none of those guys uh, at the, the very end of the rotation. And, um, I will say, surprisingly, the best hijinks of the day came from the veteran crew of George Hill, Wesley Matthews, and Kyle Corver. Was not prepared for that in any way. Um, thought we were about to get into like a very, a very veteran kind of talking in cliches and just kind of going through serious things with the old guys because they they know what's what and you know maybe there'd be some like veteran veteran savvy in there but it was legitimately the most entertaining part of the day uh wesley matthews came up before corver and hill and so he's just like sitting there wesley matthews is literally just sitting there frustrated that no one else has, has come up to the podium and then just loudly in the microphone going kyle korber every about 30 seconds so it, it it just ended up being like the funniest weirdest thing because it was like i was not expecting Wesley matthews to do that uh and then they come up and start talking about you know like why they came back to milwaukee and all this and Wesley Matthews was kind of asked, like, you know, how do you try to fit in? Like, what do you try to do? And he, and he said, they were already number one on defense, so I'm going to try not to mess that up. And everyone started laughing. And then as he said that, Kyle Corver goes, aren't we all? And I was like, <laughs> 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 oh, that's perfect, because that plays into the belief that you don't play defense. That is that is very self-aware, and that's perfect. Uh, and then Wesley Matthews was mentioning the fact that, you know, he was talking about some of his friends from Milwaukee and Madison and stuff were like, oh, do you think you'll ever come to the Bucks late in your career? Like, you know, get to come home. And he said, yeah, man, like now that we're in this beautiful building, he's like, I just kind of wish we had one more game at the Bradley Center. And Kyle Korver immediately jumps in and goes, not me. And it was just like, all right, Kyle Corver is the one-liner guy like that's great uh, and then they they continue to talk George Hill gets asked about shotgunning beers with David Bocciari. Uh Kyle Corver knew nothing about this Wesley Matthews then I had had to explain to him that he shotgunned a beer in about two seconds at Lambo field on the jumbotron and Kyle Corver could not believe it and it was I, I don't it was it was just strange and then Kyle Corver like took a dump on cleveland where he he was asked about you know like Fig-
0: figuratively i hope
1: <laughs> uh, correct figuratively um but he was just like asked uh corber's asked you know you were with bud originally how has bud changed over the years and you know what do, what do you see and he like talked about that for a little bit and then he was like honestly it kind of Like with being here with George, he's like, it kind of reminds me of being in Cleveland and, you know, being like spaced around like this really good player. And, you know, we were doing that with LeBron and we needed to be shooters in the right areas. And he's like, but honestly, this just feels like a more organized Cleveland to me, which was like, (laughs) dang, okay. Um, Not that I think that's anything that would shock anyone um, that people, that players that played for the, Cleveland LeBron teams didn't think they were incredibly organized. Um, but still uh, it was, it was quite the statement there. So that ended up being like the most hijinksy of all the groups, which was a a nice little surprise. So if you want to go back, I know the bucks have the full, uh, the full video. They did it on Periscope. So I think if you go to their Twitter, you can find it there. And if you want to find the, the comedy trio of Hill Corver and Matthews, uh, that is that's good entertainment if you want to go back and watch that full one um Middleton I mean not really anything all that exciting other than like you know if he got the chance to play for the Olympic team next year like he would do it again like he even though it didn't go the way that they wanted uh he doesn't regret doing it and he would do it all over again uh and then I mean just for him he was kind of talking about how this is I brought up like this is kind of a crazy summer for him because obviously he had a child right at, at the end of or yeah, during the playoffs. So really right towards the beginning of the off season, he gets a new contract. Uh, he goes and plays for team USA. So it was just like, yeah, this is uh, the most, he's like, I've never done any of this before. So he thought, he thought that was a pretty great summer, but really that's not all that interesting. And then the Lopez brothers took, uh, I don't want to say some shots at each other, but you know how they are uh, with the sarcasm and things like that uh, with each other. So there was probably the best thing was Brooke talking about the bucks approaching him while they were talking through his contract and being like, how would you feel if we brought your brother? And he was just like, uh, he's like, honestly, when they brought it up, I was kind of shocked. And he was like, I don't know if this makes me a bad brother, but, I didn't even know that Robin was a free agent. Uh, So when they said it to me, I was just like surprised. I guess, I guess if you can do that, uh, that's fine. Uh, So that was, that was the best Lopez hijinks. But
0: um,
1: yeah, I think that's probably, those are probably the best laughs of the day.
0: Yeah. The Lopez brothers are like, they, they play their like sort of ambivalence to one another. They are they like are unrelenting in in that shtick, you know. Like, yes,
1: impressive.
0: Like, if you didn't know that they like go to like Disney together and do all the like that other crap, like you would be like, maybe they just don't really like each other that much, because <laughs> um, they never like I don't know. They never seem to break the break that character of like being kind of indifferent towards one another. Um, so so I don't know. And John Horse is talking about. I think talking to their agent, cause I think they have the same agent and how their agent like told him like that they would fight in practice at some point. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird thing. I mean, I, I have an older sister. I don't have a brother, let alone a twin brother, let alone a, you know, twin brother who both who plays in the NBA with me. So I, you know, I, I can't say I can relate to uh, to, to the dynamic <laughs> that the Lopez brothers have. They also have, I think, a couple of older brothers as well. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, they are a super level bunch. I I don't know if we've talked about it recently, but I think Robin Lopez's Twitter account might be the smartest, most amusing NBA player Twitter account there is. Like, he's just great. Yeah. Um, maybe we were talking about how, like, we just, like, always feel like we need to retweet his comments. It was us, they're, yeah. They're just... Really, he's just really funny, just really good. Um, so, uh, anyway, I hope that makes at least your your season more enjoyable. Uh, covering the team day in and day out, um, and uh, hopefully they they find a way to. Uh, hopefully, we 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 see enough of that kind of shine through um, on the court, I guess. Yes, but uh, also off the court, where uh, obviously those guys are, are are pretty amusing. Well, I mean, Brooke is obviously the more straight laced. He doesn't really get into it with mascots, you know. That that's obviously a, a big thing with uh, with Robin and his mascot related hijinks. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, he and Bango can you know quickly form an alliance together. And obviously, uh, Robin has a lot of issues with uh, with other teams' mascots that he uh, is not afraid to uh, to ham it up with.
1: Yeah, uh, Benny the Bull in the first preseason game. I feel like is going to be pretty interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like- yeah. Uh, immediately like, he'll have Benny the Bull in his face. So um, that that should be interesting and something to watch and something that will make everything more exciting. So that was Media Day. Not all that exciting, but some stuff in there that's kind of interesting. Uh, hopefully you guys got to watch some of the clips or you just heard us sum it all up and you enjoyed that. So uh, that's going to be it for today. Today's episode is brought to you by Indochino. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at Checkout. Again, that is Locked On, L O C K E D O N at Checkout. For Frank Men, I'm Eric Name. This has been Locked On Bucks. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.